think, you know, today's sense of identity is not yesterday's sense of identity. You have to not just know your students, you have to know you. Knowing you well enough to be able to have a foundation that you can be consistent with and that other people can count on. Hey community, I'm Jocelyn Reed, your host, mother, sister, friend, educator, coach, and lifelong learner. A super fan of a loving, curious, chocolate-obsessed kid named Zaire and our giant chocolate labradoodle puppy named Hershey. Yep, chocolate is a big old deal over here. Let's have some fun, discover some new ideas and concepts, plant those seeds for the future, and figure out how to nurture relationships with our kids and students. Keeping the bigger picture in mind, we don't teach students for the classroom. We teach them for when they leave it. We don't parent kids for the home, but to leave it. RootWords is here to help you have those conversations that are required to prepare them for the challenges and opportunities they are guaranteed in the spaces they choose to grow up and occupy. So let's do this together, one word at a time. Let's go. You are listening to Root Words, the podcast presented by Revolve Learning. Authentic is defined as not false or copied, being genuine, real, representing one's true nature or beliefs, true to oneself or to the person identified, entitled to acceptance or belief because of agreement with known facts or experience being reliable or trustworthy. Wow, that's a lot, but it's so, so important. I chose to start season two with this concept of being your authentic self. It's a hot topic these days, but I want to dive a little bit deeper about how we have conversations and some of the nuances around being authentic and teaching kids to be their authentic selves and what goes into that. Like that doesn't happen automatically. There's a lot leading up to someone being comfortable enough to be their authentic self feeling safe enough in the spaces that you curate for them to continue doing so despite challenges or anything that may come their way while they're in those spaces. One quote, actually, you know what? Nah, two, two quotes from the phenomenal, phenomenal book, Ratchetemic by Dr. Chris Emden. You know, if these came in the introduction, you know, the whole book is fire. But um, at some point in the introduction, he said, there is no role to play other than being one's authentic self because it's all one truly has. Later in the introduction, he goes on to write, it is the season to have all of who one is on display. It is a time to be all the beautiful things that one is at once. It is a time to be loud and thoughtful and angry and loving and ratchet and academic with fire in the belly and a desire to push the world to reimagine how they see us and others like us. Come on, come on. (laughs) If that does not light you up for the concept of just being your authentic self, no matter what, I don't know what will. Truly, I was lit on fire by that. And it just made me think, you know, today's sense of identity is not yesterday's sense of identity. (laughs) things have changed. Things are turning. Kids are being more encouraged to be empowered. And that is different from what many of us experience. Those that are in that, you know, 30s and 40 range, that generation, a lot of us didn't grow up with that celebration of self and, you know, all of the things that we're now taxed with doing with our kids and our students now. So that can create like a deep, 
juxtaposition in how we interact with each other. And if you haven't thought about what makes you, you, like your truest, authentic self, though you, when nobody is around, then it is a big leap to know and advocate for showing up in other places as your authentic selves and knowing what's right for you and what parts of you is revealed in different areas based on context, you know, our experiences, our relationships and our environments. So it's a big leap in and of yourself, let alone extending and modeling and teaching kids to do that themselves. You have to not just know your students, you have to know you. Knowing you well enough to be able to have a foundation that you can be consistent with and that other people can count on. And I'm not talking about, you know, daily fluctuations and our emotions and moods because, I mean, you know, life happens and we're allowed to fluctuate a bit with that. I mean, how you show up for others that is truly aligned to your core values. And that was something I talked about last season. Figuring that out, like anchoring yourself to your core values and using that integrity, using that patience. So with the definition of the word containing the word trust, it makes me think about the importance of relational trust and the power it holds in how we show up as our authentic self in the classroom, at home, wherever. Researchers Brick and Snyder published some research around four different components as it relates to relational trust, building trust in relationships. And it totally applies in school. One part is thinking about the knowing of self, thinking about your competence. What do you show up with knowing? Your integrity, knowing what you stand for and being consistent with that. Respect for ourselves and others and our journeys being on their own separate processes, right? And then lastly, but not least, of course, is personal regard. Like how do we care for ourselves and each other? And I couldn't think of any other research that applies more to this concept of being authentic than that, because you kind of have to think through how your competence, integrity, respect, and personal regard kind of operate personally before you extend yourself out into the world. So I encourage you to just think through those four components and how it could benefit your teaching practice and your relationships with the kids around you. One story that pops in my mind when I think about accepting the authentic selves of others comes from a television show in the 90s I grew up with, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith. Most people know the premise of that sort of sitcom. There's a reboot out of the show now, but one of the most heart-wrenching moments in that entire show is when Will Smith's character, which is a high school student, uh, went through some challenges being fully accepted by his uncle after coming to live in California from Philly after having some challenges back home, right? So that's like the premise of the show. So Will had this moment where his father, who had been absent from his life, had re-entered, re-engaged with him in ways that he had always wanted. And so they were planning to go on this big trip and spend more time together. And then suddenly one day his father came and decided that he was going to head on out. And in that moment, 
uh, we saw Will sort of spiral into this like raw wave of emotions in front of his uncle, you know, talking about how he doesn't need him anyway, you know, acting nonchalant, he don't care, um, talking about everything he accomplished to that point in his life without his father, trying to affirm himself as strong. And he was explaining what his future will hold despite his father not being there even after all of that. So he's going through it. He's pacing. He's saying all these things. And his uncle is kind of interjecting like, I'm sorry, Will, it was something I can do. And in a split second, everything sort of changed. And he made this switch to reveal the truth behind all the emotions. And he says, how come he don't want me, man? He just breaks down and his uncle hugs him. And it's just like, oh my gosh, one of the most heart-wrenching moments in TV, I swear. So in that moment, his uncle stepped up, right? To validate his emotion, his disappointment, to describe how much he is loved and accepted and the place that he has in his life and in his family. You know, in another episode, he goes on. It was That was like the end of the episode. They left it as, as a cliffhanger. Of course they did. Later on, he says, like, you're my son. Like, I consider you a son. Like, moments like that would really change somebody. And if you think about it in terms of your students and how often they go through challenges and moments where their acceptance, their belonging, and their authentic selves is being challenged based on their experiences, their relationships, and the environments that they're in outside side of school, like they're constantly going to be wondering like, who am I? Is who I am worthy enough for love, attention, caring, for the knowledge that my teachers want to pour into me? Do I have the capacity to learn more, to grow, to evolve into better versions of myself as time goes on? That authentic self is being challenged by their context. And that's what I saw in that moment when I obviously rewatched that sitcom moment as an adult. I'm like, wow, he had all of those experiences that helped him feel like a good evolving teenager, right? But because of that relationship, because of that experience, It all got questioned. And what makes the difference in those moments? The science tells us that those relationships is what turns toxic stress, because that was a moment of toxic stress for Will Smith in that moment, right? The character that he was playing. But the trusting relationships and a trusted adult in those moments turn those toxic stress moments into tolerable stress moments. That was what was happening in that moment right in front of our eyes. And so when we think about it as our jobs as educators, it makes it that much more important. This is common actions. I've always had experiences with students who showcase that like nonchalance, like I don't care, I don't care, dude, like I don't care. Like it's the shoulder shrug central, right? (laughs) And if I think about it, like, wow, how many times has students showcased those behaviors But behind that behavior, they are sort of in this internal battle around who am I based on my experiences, based on the people that are around me and what they're telling me I am. So like kids are growing, but they're also growing into themselves. They're growing into what does this mean for me? And so that's why I say we pour over kids and we speak power over kids and the power around our words that we say to and around kids Like that can make a world of difference in them winning that internal battle of 
my true authentic self. Who am I? That is developing now in class, in your class. That is developing now. And that is so powerful to think about. When I think about those moments where students have had that sort of switch, like Will Smith, he had that switch. He was going off. He didn't care. He was going off on this, that, and the other. And then he's like breaking down. Why doesn't he want me? Like I've had students go through that switch and it was in those moments that I saw the opportunity to add to what they believe about themselves, to help them separate themselves from the context that they were experiencing in that moment, to leverage all of the value, all of the genius, all of the special, truly unique qualities that I see within them that they will have the opportunity to use moving forward. I help pull them into the bigger picture. That's what happened in that clip. That's what happened. That's what ended up happening in that relationship between Will Smith and his uncle. And it totally relates to what can happen in the classroom between you and your students. No, we are not replacing parents and guardians, but students spend so much time with us and they deserve that affirmation, that opportunity to be themselves fully, fully, not checking any parts of themselves at the door. They deserve that affirmation that we care, that they are seen, that they are felt, that what they go through is an important part of them and they aren't expected to drop it at the door when they enter our classrooms. We know that also is scientifically impossible to do as our minds continue to replay these moments. They continue to kick up our hormones. They continue to kick up our emotions and it makes us think about it even more. More of that on another episode, but I digress. (laughs) Students have to know that the light that they have to offer your classroom, the school, the community, their homes is something that is necessary and welcomed. In order for them to get to that point, they have to have the opportunity to discover and explore and dream about what they want and about who they are. Here's the caveat though. You have to be in a place as the adult to show up authentically in order for kids to want to do the same with you, to cultivate and curate that relationship and environment where that becomes the norm of support and sharing and caring. You have to show up as your authentic self in order for them to know that you're a person that they can do that with. And that looks different for every educator. For every parent, how we open up the opportunities for kids to share with us and be vulnerable and learn and grow, like that looks different for me. Like I might be able to have those conversations and I might thrive off of communicating in that way. Or I might create a space for students to share privately through writing or journaling or whatever it is. But that, and that's authentic to me and my style as well. Like it's gonna look different for you. But figure out what you looks like, (laughs) figure out what that is and offer that. Sometimes it's the students who are super vocal about what they don't need and that they don't need you that need you the most, (laughs) that need you the absolute most in those moments. So I have a few frames for you. These frames can help you think about how are we breaking the barriers between us in order to own and operate as our authentic selves and encourage our students to do the same. Number one, recognize and acknowledge the differences between us. 
and in ourselves, right? What is preventing us from fully seeing another person's perspective? What is different about our perspectives? Number two, leverage the strengths and assets that exist within yourself and those around you. So how are we adding value? What value are those around us adding? Number three, make a decision to step forward in kindness and love, grace and gratitude. Despite all of the differences you might have discovered in doing this reflection, despite the strengths and assets that you notice, make a decision to step forward, to have forward momentum in action together in community. Number four, establish healthy boundaries for how you're going to continue to work together moving forward. So we unpack our authentic self. We're encouraging, we're leveraging, and we're asking students to do that themselves. We're creating opportunities for them to show themselves and share themselves with the class. When you do that, you'll notice that there are differences. There are tension points. There are moments of pushback between us. That's when we have to operate in grace and gratitude, kindness and love, and then talk about how we are going to communicate together moving forward so that classroom communities, so that home environments can continue to ebb and flow and share and not become cold, stagnant, closed off in silo. So we're constantly thinking about how can we feed off of each other together and not go in opposite directions apart. So I hope that was helpful in reframing and thinking about and deepening your understanding of authenticity and how important it is for us to show up for kids and ourselves in an authentic way, true to one's own and for the legacy that you want to leave behind. Now, speaking of legacy, I have a treat. This is a secret treat. My son said, you know what, mom? I want to be on the podcast. And who am I to deny my legacy a moment to shine? So here he is. He wanted to talk a little bit about the concepts for season two. I carved out a little moment for him to share a little bit about what being authentic means to him. Here we go. All right. It's Zai time. Hey, Zai. Welcome to the show. So happy that you decided to come and share your expertise as an 11-year-old would. So today we're talking about being authentic. And I'm curious, what does the word authentic mean to you? Authentic to me means be yourself, technically. Okay, and so what does being your authentic self look like? Like what makes you, you? Well, I am fun, caring, playful, creative, and smart. Anything else? I love Legos. <laughs> we do love Legos. Legos is the jam. Okay, so what does being your authentic self like really mean to you? How does it make you feel? To me, it means being yourself. Exert your like, like all your emotions, like all your fun emotions, technically. That's interesting. What are your fun emotions? Well, my fun emotions are when, like, I'm playing with our dog <laughs> or when me and you are watching a show together. Okay. So let's let's unpack that a little bit more because that's really interesting. So in being your authentic self, you're able to show your fun emotions. What about your not-so-fun emotions? Is, is that also a part of being your authentic self, too? Yes, it does. Like... 
when I can't get a question right on Prodigy, I get a little bit mad. And that's also, so that's also a part of you being you. So what helps in those moments? You help me in those moments. Oh, well, that's, that's nice. Thanks for saying that. (laughs) I hope I do. But in terms of like talking about being your authentic self, like why, why is that important that you're able to show your fun emotions? Also, you're not so fun emotions, but why is that important? Well, you have a lot of perks that other people don't have, and you want to remember those perks. You have a lot of things other people might not have, and you want to keep those. So, what do you mean by keep? What do you mean by keep those? Like, what do you mean by keeping these perks? Like some of the things that make you you. That's what you want to keep. Okay, so why is it important that you are your authentic self, and you know, not anybody else's authentic self? Well. Because a lot of people might like you the way you are. They might not want you to be anyone else. Like, don't try to walk in other people's shoes. Oh, interesting. So let's think about this. When you're walking in your own shoes, right, and you're not walking in anyone else's shoes, how does it make you feel when you're being your authentic self, walking in your shoes? Like, what comes up for you? I feel happy. I feel joy. Like, possibly playful. Say you notice a friend and they seem to be, you know, copying what other people do. They are not thinking for themselves. What advice would you share with that friend? Um, I would say that they should be able to find joy in themselves of the way they are. They should understand that they shouldn't walk in other people's shoes. That They should walk in their own shoes. And other people will like you the way you are. This podcast is for grown-ups, right? This isn't a kid's podcast, but we have you here because you're an expert in being a kid. Yes, <laughs> of course. you are one. And so what tips or ideas do you have for grown-ups to help kids be their authentic selves? It could be their own kids. It can even be their students. What do you think? I think that, like, they should do activities that they like. Like, they should teach them new things that they like. They should take them on field trips. And like, if you don't know any of those things, you should always ask their parents or you should ask them what they mm. like. That last part. That last part right there, right? Because we don't know any of these things about what they like and they don't like unless we actually have those conversations, right? Correct. And that's really what Root Words is all about, is us having these conversations to really understand the kids in our lives, which is so important. When we think about being our authentic selves, and I mean, you said you were fun, caring, playful, creative, and smart. And I appreciate that the ways that you believe I help you be your authentic self are all aligned to like your really fun emotions, right? That you were talking about earlier. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Zai, for being a part of the show. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Wow, I thought it was so interesting that Zai used that language of walking in shoes. We often use that to talk about, you know, being considerate of other people, their perspective, their journeys. And I accept the reframe, you know, that was kind of cool. How often do we look down and check our own laces? Make sure we are walking in shoes that are suitable for us and serve us well enough so that we are able to reflect on the walk of life of another person in their shoes. So sticking with that shoe analogy, it is a beautiful reminder to check in with ourselves. As I mentioned, our fun emotions. 
okay? Considering the style and the flair, whether and if we are in environments that suit our authentic selves at this present moment, then like shoes, think about the support we have during our not so fun emotions. Will those shoes, you know, what makes us us in the present moment, take us where we need to go even in really challenging portions of our journey? Does it call for growth in certain areas in order to actually be our best authentic selves? Wow, mind blown. (laughs) Okay, community, don't forget, there is a questions to connections guide. You can find that link in the show notes. You can go to revolvelearning.com backslash questions to connections to get connected to all of the guides that we've put out so far. If you found this podcast to be meaningful for you, leave a review, save it, share it with a colleague or a friend or a family member. That is the best way to get the word out. Follow us at Revolve Learning. I would love, love, love to engage with you. We have the concept of being imperfect coming up next. I look forward to planting that seed with you and watching it grow. I'll see you in the next one.